Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictar's Podcast. Alright, welcome back, hoisters. This is the extended discussion for Big Little Lies pilot titled Somebody's Dead. If you would like a spoiler-free evaluation to decide whether you want to watch this show or not, look for our previous released podcast episode. It's our mini-sode. This is Drew, the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenny of the podcast. And I'm the magically undefeated Miss Mo, master of spoilers and lover of nobos. And hoisters, we are we are Lizless, spark plug list this week, but she will be stepping in whenever we need her. And this is a podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts and potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. Uh, disclaimer. Uh, Pitard is a word. It's a real word. Pitards are bombs. Look it up. Read your Shakespeare and incorporate it in your daily vocabulary. You will impress someone that you know. In addition, Pilots and Pitards is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. And we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Fitz, for the ad-free listening. Thank you, Fitz. And thank you for HBO Month. Thanks, Fitz. And also thank you because HBO Month lasted for more than a month. So thank you for two months of our HBO subscription. Uh, here's a real quick fuck you for Crooked Media for your crooked piece of shit ads. Also, fuck you for Bill Maher and all the other annoying get-off-my-lawn baby boomers who have ruined the planet and the economy before 2040. I am down for some kind of Soylent Green-style recycling system for Bill when the time comes. Um, where's my spoon? If you'd like to contact us to sponsor a show or slander a rival, we are more than willing to do so for money. And if you enjoyed today's ad-free listening, then you owe us. We could stack never-ending crooked ads and create sob stories as to why we need your money, but we don't. Repay your debt now by clicking in the show notes for the survey. If you've already taken the survey, thank you. Tell one other person about our show if you enjoyed today's episode. Once again, Fitz, thank you for the two and a half months of HBO. And now we're going to dive into part two. We're going to do our filmic analysis and interpretation. We're going to look at the story. And as always, we're going to start off with our Crabman Award. The Crabman Award goes to a character with a small role that is giving large contributions to our viewing pleasure or the story in general. Yeah, I'm looking at, at the show notes and I didn't write anything because I'm kind of feeling Mo. I'm thinking this show's a bit crabless. The only thing I'll put in is... Of all the child actors and actresses, um, Reese Witherspoon's younger daughter, I think, has a standout performance, mostly because she really plays off Witherspoon's character well. You know, like she has a couple of fun little comedic moments, like especially when she like twists her ankle in the car and when she gets out, when she's playing on her phone, just kind of being a jerk. Like this show is very anti-kid, <laughs> which I'm fine with. Like kids are awful, especially kids in technology. And that makes me sound like an old guy. Bill Maher 2.0. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But when that soiling green truck comes, I will gladly step in. <laughs> uh, but kids kids are terrible. And like her little cell phone time and uh, uh, just, I think that she had a small performance, but I think we really got a better sense of all the characters around her as well as her. Because like every single time Reese Witherspoon was like, oh, look, she's with Claire. She's doing fine. Oh my God, she's going in. Like, da, da, da. like she's such a central part of Witherspoon's performance. Um, but I think she kind of is a crab, a crab first grader, a little crab lady. Mm, I feel like she played too big of a role. Oh, Mo, yeah, you have more information than us. Is she a series regular that shouldn't get a crab award? See, I thought I thought she was in it a little bit too much, but she also shows how how parents get run over by their kids so I, like i kind of like that like like reese witherspoon doesn't really discipline her when she probably needs at least a little bit of discipline if not a decent amount of discipline 
like that's the thing with parenting like you can't make empty threats because like if you make empty threats you can't follow through on then the only thing the kid learns is that your threats don't matter so i think that like they've passed that threshold a while ago which i think enhances her character and kind of again tells us more about witherspoon she shows witherspoon's both like sassy side but then also her vulnerable side at the end when she kind of connects with her daughters but i still think she's i think this is crabless though i think she's too major of a, of a role but i did like her by consensus <laughs> big little lies it's crabless we will not make any crab sounds moment of crab silence <laughs> All right, and so next up, we have the MVP of the pilot. For those new listeners, this is the most valuable part of the pilot episode um, on or off the screen. And um, I'll go ahead and start things off. Um, Mo, I agree with your Patardar recommendation with Legally Blonde because um, this is a great Reese Witherspoon performance. Um, She's doing a lot in this episode. Um, She is the driving force. She is the protagonist. She has the best lines. And then I would say that the scene between her and her teenage daughter i think is the best if not parenting exchange we've seen of all the pilots we've watched i think certainly the best like exchange between two female characters like that was a very powerful scene so she's definitely my mvp like she's great in everything and also when michelle obama came and did her book talk in denver reese witherspoon interviewed her oh so my MVP will build nice off of what Drew just said. And it's just a strong female cast. It is, it's definitely nice seeing a bunch of female characters not talking about men. You know, definitely super, super pass on the Bechdel test. On the what test? So Alison Bechdel and basically what she did to determine if movies are good or if they have a decent feminine, feminist bent. A movie that passes the Bechdel test has to have a movie with two female characters with last names the two female characters have to interact with each other at some point during the movie. And when they interact with each other, they have to talk about something besides uh, the male protagonist or a male love interest. An amazing number of movies do not pass the Bechtel test. The entire Star Wars, probably saga. <laughs> has to be at least two, two female characters. At least two of them need to pass all these criteria. Okay. Two female characters that talk about something besides a guy. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good, that is a definitely a good gauge. And you're right. Yeah. All these women are just so over even man drama. They're just with their families and rich and have other things to fucking worry about. Like Avenue Q. <laughs> Mo, what's your MVP? I don't know. You guys took, you guys had really good ones. You can follow up, you know? Yeah. I guess I'll just build off to having a strong female cast in general. And did you, did you do some research Jimbo and find out if the director and producers are predominantly femme. So a lot of women behind uh, behind the scenes, but the director is a male and the writer creator is, as I mentioned, David Kelly. It's Kidman and Witherspoon kind of took on this challenge. The original writer of you know the story is a female. I think it's obvious that there's a lot of women in the production of this show. Um, are Witherspoon and Kidman credited as executive producers? Yes. Oh, yeah. that's Yeah, then there definitely is a lot of women behind the scenes in this one. I didn't look at the exact stats, but there's half the names in the opening credits are women, or maybe more, like like a decent amount. I wasn't uh, tallying it. So since let's, let's dive into something we kind of talked about in the spoiler-free episode. So what, so which characters are developed further than just trying to sell a murder mystery besides Reese Witherspoon's character? Well, Mo, I mean, my read is that 
if I were to guess based on the pilot, I would say that like Celeste, like Nicole Kidman's character does get some depth, you know, and does get more development. But based on the way the character, like the um, pilot was going, it seems like Jane, like Shailene Woodley's character is primarily going to be a vehicle for the mystery as the season goes on. So I think that like Nicole Kidman will get more development and Shailene Woodley's character will like not for the purposes of like driving the narrative. Yeah, that's that's a good solve that. Yeah, prediction. That's good podcasting there. That means they must have done something right in the pilot if you kind of caught on to where everything's going, yeah, or is it too obvious? Yeah. In the series as a whole, they all do. They all come into their own, and I don't know. You know how when you have multiple characters being kind of like opposing each other and highlighting each other, and then you everyone walks away and it says, you know. I'm a Renata. Oh, I'm totally a Celeste or I'm a Bonnie or whatever. I feel like when my friends and I watched this, we were all kind of I picking one of them. So to which identify one are you, with. Mo? I don't know. I want to be a Bonnie, obviously, because yeah. who doesn't want to just rock to out Bonnie. to yoga all the time and just like be zen as fuck? <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think most of most of those women are just goals. But I'm probably low key more of like a of a Renate. What's what's name? Renee Witherspoon's character, Madeline. Right. Yeah. I think I probably would probably end up being more like her and just talk shit. Oh, even but but even Bonnie's character is Bonnie. I mean, is she just kind of a foil character for Madeline, or is she really being developed? <laughs> Do you? I thought you said you read it. I know what happens. No, he didn't read it. He read the Wikipedia summary. He knows how it ends. Doesn't mean he. I know the ending. He did not read the book. I did not read the book. No. Bonnie does just seem like kind of a cool female to push Madeline's older daughter away from her and kind of to build conflict between Reese Witherspoon and her daughter. So we can really, so we can have that, that really great scene that Drew likes. I mean, am am I, you know, am I being a dick or, or is. Are you talking strictly about the pilot? Yes. Yes. I don't think so. I think they leave room for her to, to start. Let me ask you this, Mo, um, because you've watched the whole season who in the pilot do you wish had gotten developed more? I don't know. They're all pretty well developed. Even like um, Reese Witherspoon's husband, uh, Ben, Ben, what's his name? Ben, I want to say Ben Wyatt because he's in Parks and Rec. Because <laughs> it's Adam Scott. <laughs> Adam <Yes>. Scott. <laughs> um, even he has some layers to him coming up. and So I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'd walk away from it wanting more of anything. Is Laura Dern's husband turned out to be a skis? Because it feels like he's painting. Do you want me to tell skis. you? Do you want me to tell you what happens? I'm not gonna watch it. Okay. And she finds out that he's. Holy shit! Find that out about. Wow. That makes me want to watch the show more. You should put a big spoiler alert before I say that, Jimbo. Hey, spoilers are running wild, man. Voices, <laughs> if you didn't know, dude, you know now. <laughs> I just dropped a bomb. In the show introductions, <laughs> Mo is the master of spoilers. Yes. So. You warned them all in the intro. Yep. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Okay. Yeah, that's a big one. Do we have much else about the story <laughs> we want to talk about? It's It's... It's a murder mystery, so it's kind of hard to talk about it, I guess, without getting to the real juice. Mo, I had more fun listening to you reveal the ending than necessarily if I'd watched the preceding six episodes. Like, <laughs> there's more Game of Thrones in hand. Come on. Thank you, Mo. Thank you. 
Yeah, yeah. Stick to Game of Thrones. It's a lot of build up, honestly. A lot of like, you know, conversations and Yeah, and I think I think that's where the story really is. So I feel like I feel like they don't need to sell the murder mystery that much because the story is about the women. And so like that's that that's what I was saying with, with the low point. You have all these side characters that are really don't exist in the story. Like they're just there and then they're interviewing them and then they're contradicting like things that we're seeing and they're just like throwing in little tidbits of like, oh, if she didn't sprain her ankle, there wouldn't have been a murder. And it's like, well, so what does that even mean? Like that's just like detracting us from the actual story about these women. Okay, that's a really valid point, actually, Jimbo, because when I heard that part, I thought it was really silly because I'm like, this is like nowhere near where this is going. That's such an obvious distraction, you know, like a cheap trick. I agree that 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 was a annoying part when she said that. That would be interesting if the actual novel does that. I, I find that hard to believe that you're like reading a chapter and then like in the middle of the chapter, it's like five weeks later in a detective's room. And it's like, she would have, she wouldn't have killed anyone if they wouldn't have tripped in the crack in the road. And it's like, really? Like, this is like, this is the story you're writing? I don't know. Shout out. Cause that scene was really great when she fell. I can totally relate. Cause I would, <laughs> I think I, I'm totally a Madeline. Like I would just get out of my car, yell at a bunch of teenagers throw their phones at them. She like took the girl's phone out of her hand and then threw it back. At yeah. Her. yeah. <laughs> I would totally do that. And then like trip on my way out wearing my stilettos. <laughs> that leads to my dangling thread. So if you guys want to jump into that one. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hoister, so Mo's going to bring us to part three to the stage. We have the stormy Daniels dangling threads of interest. And for any new listeners, this is where we dive outside of the pilot episode. Now we're just going to talk about the themes related to this show that we like. And we have a little Stormy news. Stormy's going to be in Playboy. She made it. She's she's officially a big timer. Did she get to live in the mansion? Maybe not that big of a timer, but... I think they sold the mansion after Hef died. Really? Nobody took it over? Somebody. It sounds like someone probably bought it and took it over. But yeah, that's... Uh, I. But, you know, for the same purposes... And they bleach wiped the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> they just dumped it in a vat of bleach. Yep. They're like, how do we clean it? And they're like, fire. <laughs> fire will clean all of it. It's like a, like a White Walker. <laughs> too much Game of Thrones. Yeah, Sorry. yeah okay. way too much. All right, Drew, bring us back to your dangling thread of interest. So here's my dangling thread of interest. This is where things get really interesting. Um Emma is almost two years old. She's in daycare. We take her out to places publicly. Like we go to this thing called Great Play, which is just like, you know, a room with a bunch of gym equipment in it. Um, And then also we hang out with other people who have kids around our same age. I thought the scene where like the teacher does a really shitty job of like trying to figure out who like choked that girl um, was super interesting because parenting with other people's kids around is like such a hot button issue and like people are really fucking sensitive about it so jimbo i wanted to ask you if you've had any instances with jimbo jr you know or if you guys have come up against that because like we had a fairly interesting parenting conversation with our seventh heaven episode but my question is if that was little jamie getting called out for being a choke artist (laughs) um you know any parent that thinks their six-year-old will not lie is an idiot. So that's like that's my opinion. Like little kids are gonna lie. There's a lot of reasons for them to lie. If you don't realize that, then I feel like you're you're kind of missing some important information about the world. <laughs> As a parent, I'm sure, and I'm not a parent, so I'm assuming that you have a really deep connection to your child where you could sense if they're lying. I don't know about that. 
kind of coming down on Jimbo's side with this because, like, I swear, my mom like knows shit before I even know it. That's because she knows what it's like to be you because she was your age and she knows how stupid kids are. Olga also has wisdom. That was, that was one thing that kind of blew my mind. I think I was maybe like in my mid twenties, but it came a point at one point when probably around my mid twenties where I was like, holy shit, my parents knew every single thing my brother and I have been doing like our whole lives. And, and I kind of observed it with my nephews. My nephews are about 10 years young, younger than me. And so when they were teenagers, like some of the stuff my one nephew did just blew my mind. It's like, dude, how do you think you can get away with that? And he's like, oh, no one knows. That's like, dude, everybody knows. Like, you are very stupid. And then like, it just clicked like, holy shit. Like me and my brother did similar stuff. And my parents knew, like, how could they not have known? They, of course they've known. You know what? It's just easier to not say anything than it is to like have a big fight about it. I, that's a good point. I, mean, I think that's part of parenting too, is like picking battles. Like the reason this kind of resonated with me too, is like recently um, Tori and I have talked about getting like travel buddies, like another couple with kids, our kids age that we could like go places with and do stuff with. And we kind of settled on this one couple because one of the reasons we get along with them is like, they say absolutely nothing when like I address their child's behavior. Cause like their kid is like bigger. He's a little rambunctious boy. And like, Emma doesn't have the communication tools to really like advocate for herself yet. And this kid is like a little like take charge dude. When we're across the room and we're all sitting at dinner and I'm like, hi, mate, like quit being handsy. Like they don't really say anything, you know, whereas like, I feel like in this show, like when Laura Dern's character walks by and like threatens that kid, like, holy shit. Like if someone I wasn't friends with was like telling my kid what to do or like threatening them, like that's what she did. Like she walked by and was like, if you touch my daughter again, like you'll regret it. Yeah, it was like very aggressive. Well, that's, that's the other side of the coin. What makes her think that her kid isn't lying? They're kids. But it's also an interesting reflection of how kids can be a reflection of what's going on at home to the extent where the way, you know, it'll affect the way they interact with their peers. I've been teaching for 12 years and kids are a complete reflection of their home. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, is like, Jimbo, maybe you can speak to this or maybe I'm just a super judgy person. But I feel like 99% of the time after my wife and I spent time with like other people and their kids, the first thing we talk about in the car was like, holy shit, did you see that? And something like that, like other people's parenting styles and the choices they make come up a bunch. Cause like we have this friend who they have three kids and like with the oldest kid, like she always like yells at the daughter and says, don't yell, stop yelling. <laughs> and like, from my experience, like your kid is not learning not to yell. Your kid is learning that the way to be heard and the way to get your opinion out there is to be loud. So yeah, like I agree with what you and Jabbar are saying. Like I think that kids like completely learn more so from what we do than like what we say. Kids will air all your dirty laundry right right in front of everyone. They don't they don't could I don't think kids know what the social, you know, um niceties of like the effort it takes to be around other adults and pretend like everything's fine. <laughs> kids are like fuck it. <laughs> My uncle was a district attorney who was a prosecutor for like um, organized crime in New Jersey, like before he got his last job. And he had to go to his son's school because his son was in second grade. And like he repeated like some of the things that he heard. And so they didn't know what my uncle's job was. And so he had to come in and like show them like his cards and stuff and be like, yeah, he's hearing some very intense things about. And I guess my uncle didn't know that he was like picking up as much as he was, but he had to go to school and explain like what his job was. <laughs> I don't know. Jimbo, last word. What do you got? 
uh, speechless, man. I can't even really remember what you were talking about. Uh, Just like parenting. Parenting with other people's kids. So I haven't witnessed that too much because Jamie's still really young and we don't have any friends in New Jersey, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, so so she got to meet her first like four four or five friends when we were visiting Oregon back home. And we, you know, it wasn't really any issues. Like, like, like I said, all the kids are not walking yet. They're all crawling. And Well, I think the biggest divide that I'm seeing amongst like different parents is like screen time. Cause like we have friends who like hand off iPhones and iPads to kids for like, just like here, take this. And like, you know, Tori and I really try and restrict it to less than 45 minutes a day. And we're actually hitting like a huge wall right now. We're like, we were using train videos on YouTube as a bribe to work on like potty training and it has backfired massively. (laughs) So like that little girl in the car in first grade, like fucking around with that phone. I was like, never fucking never. (laughs) Yeah. I think, but I think that's another like judgy thing that's easy to say. And, and we'll see when, when you're driving Emma to school in first grade, whether she has a phone or not. But I think, I think, I mean, like I'm with you, Drew in theory, like I want as little screens as possible, but that's free daycare. And you know what? Sometimes I need to get shit done. So I, yeah. I can't say that I'm not going to hand a screen to my kid because I need to get something done. Like I, I just realize the reality of the world and almost everybody I know does that. And there's probably a reason for it. And there's really not a lot of sufficient research back out there to sway one side or the other. Like when TV came out, that was like a, the big talk, right? Like people would just plop their kids in front of the TV and we got Sesame Street and we were raised off Sesame Street. What about like the brain site is this show like the serotonin release like from getting a, like an iMessage or getting a like and stuff and like how and like how related it is to like similar coming from the same places when you're happy you got crack. When, when it's a developing brain? Um, When it's anybody's brain, but especially developing brains. But Mo, I thought I saw a study this past year that looked at like basically like kids having like posture issues because they were kind of hunched over things. Was that just blown out of proportion? You're in the health field. No, we actually did this debate in one of my classes that focused on early childhood. And you can really go either direction with it. Because if you're you're being responsible with the content that your kids are interacting with, um, it can actually help them can help can help develop certain parts of cognition that you can't develop with 3D stuff. It kind of goes either way because I think there is a special setting you can have where it's for kids where there isn't that rewarding system because you can get that with any game. Uh there are like a million Russian YouTube videos um of like these Russian kids like all these like Sasha and Alexei like <laughs> yeah. music videos that are in like kind of weird broken English. Like Emma loves those. <laughs> so random. <laughs> I mean, she picks it like she wants to find trains, but like people make a lot of money playing with toys on YouTube because like there's like 4.5 million like subscribers and stuff. Really? Yes. Oh, just yeah. watching people play with toys. It's ridiculous, man. Look at water bottle. Water bottle flipping is going to be an Olympic sport in any year now. No, it's not. Dude, it's so much further than like meme culture. Like seriously, like if you look it up, like look up like train toy set. They have like a ton of subscribers. Wait, I feel like this means Zero should start his own YouTube channel showing all his toys. He could, and he'd make a ton of money. He should have a long time ago. Back to the screens. For one, there's just not sufficient research. And the research, it's really hard to get any research 
needs to be verified and needs to have other scientists question it and do counter studies and additional studies. And one of the problems with research in general and science in general is there's just a lot of, there's not a lot of financial incentives to, to prove someone wrong. So once someone like gets a catchy phrase and they find some data and they publish it, there's not a whole lot of financial incentive to like go back and be, and say like, is this real or not? So that's where we get like all these different, whether it's health or whether it's screens or video games. I mean, there's just, there's just not enough information. So that's part of it. But, but I think another part is that, is that it, it's like shared experience or it, it's how you use it. Like if you just lock a kid in a room with screens and that's all they do, like, yeah, they're going to have some serious social problems. But if you completely isolate kids from technology, they're going to have some serious social problems as well. So it's like finding a balance in my, like I'm hoping that Jamie's not going to sit around a screen unless we're having like a shared experience and we'll see how long that lasts, you know, but that, but that, that, that's my goal. Dude. Emma knows how the skip uh, ad thing works when it's a video, like doesn't have the skip ad. She just like jams her finger in the bottom right hand corner and gets more and more upset. Like it's the longest 12 seconds of her life. So she hasn't quite figured out how it works yet, but she's almost there. Can't skip them all, Emma. (laughs) That's funny. Well, that might be a good place to end it, no? That's pretty dangled. Yes. Judgy parents. I judge parents and I don't even have a kid and I judge parents all the time. If anyone's really interested in some really good parent judging go to your local walmart even if you don't go to buy anything just go walk around the walmart and you want to see some of the worst parenting in the country your local walmart is going to have it or Preferably just ride like, the new york subway i've oh, seen some fucking oh. terrible terrible things on the subway of parents with kids and i'm just it's so hard i have to like leave the car worst parenting i've seen was at a pumpkin patch when this mom was just being like really fucking mean to her kid and just like empty threat after empty threat after empty threat. And I'm like, fucking follow through. Like your kid doesn't respect you because you're mean and because you don't fucking follow through. And because you want to be here and eat your like grilled cheese that you just ordered more than you want your kid to like follow the directions you're giving. Yep. Pumpkin patch. That's another thing that I feel very strongly about. Like if when Jamie's old enough to behave well, I hope if she starts misbehaving, we leave. Like, that's my goal. Like, you either behave properly or we leave. Like, that's hopefully I follow through with that. Yeah, that can't always be easy, though. You're like, dang, we just got here. (laughs) Like I said, hopefully I follow through with (laughs) that woman and that kid had just ordered food. And then they were sitting there and it was going horribly. And also she was being mean. Like he spilled his Sprite and she fucking flipped out on him. And I'm like, accidents happen. And he has tiny hands. Like, why don't you not give him, like, a fucking 20-ounce Sprite? (laughs) He was weird looking, too. Like, the world's not going to be kind to him. You never know. People grow into their looks. Mom looked weird, too. That wasn't a good sign. (laughs) Mom looked weird, too. You you fully, fully just roasted this woman. Yeah. You watched uh, everything. She's a bad person. (laughs) Although, in that moment, maybe she had a bad morning. come on, Drew. You don't know she's a bad person. You saw her in one interaction. Maybe she just... Got, had a bad day. You know, divorced or just... She probably did have a bad day. That's the dangling thread of judging other parents. We dangled the dangle. So we're going to move into part four now. This is our fun and nonsensical part of the podcast. We're going to do petard trivia. I will be hosting it. Drew is our 
on and off number one contender. Mo is our champion. I'm an, an on, I'm an on and off champion. I've, I have held the he title is a, twice. Actually, he is he is an on and off champion as well. On and off yeah. champion and number one uh-huh. contender. Always, always in there. We have Mo undefeated in her mind. Okay, the people's <laughs> undefeated champion. Mo is a Pitar trivia. And today we are going to have five questions. They will be closest answer on all of them. Mo has a slight advantage. She pretty much, actually, she almost, she pretty much got the answer to one of these already, but I'm going to let it slide for now. Undefeated in her mind, champions. Buzzard's going to go like this. Ding, ding, ding. And our on and off again champion, Buzzard Drew, is going to go like this. Fast sound. Question number one. Closest answer will get the point. What is Reese Witherspoon's character's full name? Ding, ding, ding. Mo. Madeline Martha McKenzie. That is correct. Mo's going to get that first point. But nobody calls her Martha. That's what she says. Yep. Okay, so Mo got that first point. It's a 1-0 lead for Mo. Question number two. Closest answer will get the point. There's three possible answers. According to the author of the novel, Leanne Moriarty, what inspired her to write the novel Big Little Lies? Closest answer will get the point. So if you can get close, closest to any one of these inspirations. Fast sound. So when you say these three things, you mean, are you referring to like a real life crime? I'm referring to the three things that she has mentioned in an interview that inspired her to write the book. So, Okay. Fast sound. Go ahead, Drew. I guess maybe like the lives of like the spouses and the women of like tech giants mm-hmm. and the rich, like, you know, things that come along with that. And also um, her kids being first graders and like the insanity that is being a great parent and dealing with other parents. That one of those answers is worthy of a point, Mo. If you can get closer, you can still a point. Mm, it would maybe have to do with her being a working mom and dealing with kids at her, like parents at her kids' school and her, her firsthand experience as a parent. Is that what Drew said? That's pretty much what Drew said. So Drew's going to get that point. One of the answers that we were looking for, I'll just go ahead and rattle through them. There was one of her friends was was really obsessed with with finding the right pearl necklace for a a like parent teacher event, and so she thought that would be interesting to write a book about. So that's that's one of the things. Second one is one of her friends had had told her that her daughter had these marks on her arm. And, and she kept asking her, like, who did this to you? Who did this to you? Well, the daughter ended up, she was doing it to herself. But the parent was really nervous and concerned with, with why is my daughter coming home from school with these marks on her? And then the last one was she was listening to a radio interview. And it was about a woman whose parents were, you know, were very abusive growing up. And to the point where she would come home as an adult and she would hide under her bed while her parents were fighting an adult woman. So those were the, those were the three things, according to the author in the interview that I referenced. So Drew's going to get that point. We are 1-1 going into question number three. Closest answer will get this point. I'm not asking who was accused, but who abused Amabella? Quick sound. Ding, ding, ding. Drew was the first to ring in. One of Celeste's twins. That is worthy of a point. Mo, can you get a little closer to the actual answer? Uh... Do you know their names is what he's saying? <sighs> the person's name. Mm, pa- Taylor. That is incorrect. It was 
It was Max. So Drew's going to get that point. So Drew has a 2-1 lead. Question number Max four. Max is a rich white kid's name. Closest answer will get the point. Big Little Lies was nominated for 16 Emmys. Of those 16 nominated Emmys, how many did Big Little Lies win? Fast sound. Drew. Eight. That is correct. Drew. Wow. Is going to get that point. <laughs> okay. So, you know what? We're, we're going to do the last question, but it looks like Drew's going to go home with with the wind, Mo. Oh, you're not going to do the usual uh, double or nothing last I'd eight. have to bump it up to three points. That doesn't seem fair. Drew, you want to, you know, you want to, you want to, <laughs> you want to raise the stakes? I'd like to hear the question first. <laughs> last, last question. We're going to make this worth 2.1 points. Now, I'm going to give Drew the Why option. Why not make it worth five points, Jimbo? Why not make it worth 10 points? Let's make it worth 10 points. Okay. Question number five is worth 10 points. Now, I'm going to give Drew the option to whether he wants to answer first or second. All right, Drew, is that fair? All right. Uh, no, it's not because I should have won. I got the most points out of five. So, no, it's not fair. But thank Question you. number five. Drew's going to decide who answers this question first. Someone is killed in the series. And according to the book, what was the sentence for the murderer? What was the sentence in the book? Closest answer wins. Closest answer will get the point. All right, Mo, you go ahead and go first. Going to price is right, this sucker. All right, Mo. What was sentence in the book oh my god <laughs> okay so so in the book they lie to cover have fun with season two mo in the book they lie to cover up the murder but goes and turns herself in she is sentenced what is what is her sentence for that murder deserve to die that i don't know if that's a legal sentence is that is that your final answer you're saying zero years she's sentenced to to 10 years in prison. Drew? Sentenced to 18 months. All right, Drew's going to get that point. He was sentenced to 200 hours of community service. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Hey. That's awesome. Yeah, that Good is you, awesome. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> Australian justice works. So, Mo, before this Batard trivia battle, I had the biggest just clobbering. I think I lost like eight or nine to one. To Honest John. Nine to you one. just lost to Drew 13 to 1. Wow. That's going to be hard to forget. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to come back undefeated next week. Undefeated. <laughs> Moses sitting here being like fake news. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? That never happened. Never happened. Wasn't me. <laughs> All right, well Hoisters, if you can't tell by the plugs I'm about to announce, the show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for a few more minutes. We would like to thank Jake Drew for intro and outro music. There is a link to him in our show notes. Click on it and he can make you some intro or outro music. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, join our Facebook group, follow our blog, subscribe to the podcast, all those good things. Also, follow each of our individual Twitters, me, Jimbo, Drew, and Liz. Follow all of us. And the Pilots and Batards account. And the Pilots and Batards account. So just go ahead and click on all the things in the show notes and follow all of them. Yep. Um, if you want to read any of my movie reviews, you can find it at butwhythopodcast.com along with some other podcasts, uh, movie stuff, pop culture stuff. It's all good. What do you want to plug, Mo? I'm plugging 2019. I don't know if this will be – will this be released by 2019? Either way, ringing in the new year. So happy New Year's, everyone. This 
probably going to be a new year when you listen. I guess um, I am recording in the place where my dad's going to sleep, and he's visiting for a week, and he's on East Coast time. So Yeah, it's almost I'm, 11 o'clock for him. It is. I'm down for a bit of shop talk, but I'm also ready to wrap things up. So anybody got anything juicy? No. Hoisters, we are thinking about doing a Korean drama month. So oh. yes. stay tuned. I'm, I'm going to post something on our website. I'm going to post something on Reddit. See, see if we have a, a, you know, any potential takers and stay tuned. We might do a Korean month. People love those shows. They love those uh, Korean dramas. I, you know, there's a lot of Korean people that supposedly listen to podcasts to learn English. So we might be able to find a base over in Korea. <laughs> clicks are clicks. Downloads are downloads. Subscribers are subscribers. We appreciate you. We will you. take you. Regardless of your your listening purpose, we'll contact Forrest and make sure he's using us as a classroom tool. Oh yeah, we can have him market us. He, his students all know English perfectly, but yeah, he. But Forrest, go ahead and share us with your students. Yeah, but they can also they can also learn about which TV shows to watch and which ones. Definitely, not to. that's what they need to learn. You know, in, in between their twelve hours a day of studying, they need to, you know, relax, watch a good pilot. <laughs> oh, nerds. <laughs> hurtful All right. yeah so hoisters uh, in the few if if we only do korean shows for the entire year of 2019 you know you know why that's why like you should have taken the survey we found our audience yeah. you should have taken the survey when you had your chance <laughs> i i have a feeling our korean listeners are going to take that survey you know they're going to give us that feedback good <laughs> set up a little competition yeah Jimbo. yeah come on america where are you at i'm ready to drop america and move on a lot of people feel that way. I'm down to be yeah. like famous in Korea only. Yeah, dude. I'm down. <laughs> Why not? We, you know, we can market. sponsor some like gaming events or something. Yeah. Ooh. Or a K-pop band. A K-pop band. Maybe they'll write songs about us. I saw Lady Gaga one tour and her openers were a K-pop group. Was it good? Yeah, they were good. They were cute. It was fun. Very colorful. Cute outfits. I guess, well... Well, tell your dad um, hello, Drew, and have fun. Have a fun week with him, or a couple weeks. Is he staying for a while? Just for a week. That's a while. It, yeah, it is. He met Messy today. A little Aww. messy. That'll be fun. Good grandpa time. Yeah. He uh, he used to be known as Pop Pop, but um, Emma has issues with her first piece, so he is now known as Bop Pop. Bop Pop. Happens. Yes. I love it. She like picks up like sometimes she picks up the phone. I don't know who teaches her because like I don't talk with my phone like this with up against my ear with my mouth. Um, but she like picks up random things and is like, "Hello, pop up, <laughs> GG, BB, M, bye." That's cute. And just says like all the names of her grandparents and then hangs up the not phone. <laughs> nice. She's she's figured it out, man. I know, man. Daycare. Okay, guys. Uh, every day I'm hoistling. Drew out. Every day I'm hoistling. Mo out. Every day we hoistling, Jimbo out. <laughs>